Before starting Chapter 4, I just want to take another opportunity to say thanks to Kwame Mbalia for letting us read Tristan Strong Punches a Hole in the Sky. If you have the opportunity to support him in purchasing his book online or at a local bookseller, I would highly encourage it. Chapter 4, Fight in the Forest. My sneakers padded on the dirt path as I ran up the trail. Stars twinkled above, but with no moon. I could barely see where I was going. In the sounds, it seemed like the night was alive and angry. Animals and birds and more dang crickets all wanted a piece of this Chicago boy who was invading their turf. The only thing keeping me going was the sound of something scurrying through the cornfield on my right. If I moved fast enough, I could cut off the tiny thief. From the sound of gum babies complaining, she was facing more obstacles than I was. Who plants corn in the middle of a field? Ooh, child, if gum baby had the time, she would show the world a thing or two. Who's that? Move along, bird. This ain't a party. Gum baby said move. Hey, let go of that. Let go. So you want some of this? Sap attack. A flurry of feathers erupted out of the cornfield and a crow squawked and flapped awkwardly away. Sap. So that's what the sticky stuff was. In the stories, Anansi covered the doll in the sap of gum trees. This little thief seemed to produce it like Granddad did sweat. And yes, neither image is pretty. Sticky, sweaty sap missiles. Lovely. I put on a burst of speed and rounded the bend just in time to see Gum Baby scurrying across the road, leaves and feathers stuck to her back, and plunge into the trees on the opposite side. Hey, I called. Gum Baby gave me a glance, then took off sprinting. You again? Well, you're too late. Gum Baby's like the wind. I lunged forward, but she and my backpack disappeared into the darkness. I skidded to a stop at the edge of the road and swallowed. The creepy old bottle tree forest stood in front of me, its canopy creating the illusion of a tunnel. In the beam of my flashlight, the gnarled trunks looked like faces, sentinels on watch. They eyed me suspiciously. I gulped. The wind blew, cackling through the leaves. Told you, boy, you didn't want this. I backed up a step, then stopped. A soft green light bobbed deep in the woods. Eddie's journal. I clenched my fists. I had to get it back. The wind gusted stronger, but I made a rude hand gesture at it. You don't scare me, I whispered. One deep breath, then another, and I ran headlong into the forest. The wind howled and branches scratched and clawed my face, but I pressed on. Trees creaked and groaned and roots tangled my feet, but still I moved forward. It grew harder and harder to run, with the branches and knots of the trees forcing me to scoot and sidestep, but eventually I forced my way through and stumbled into a clearing. I thought I was ready for anything. Wrong. Wrong. Gum Baby stood in front of the weirdest tree I'd ever seen. It was only a few feet tall, maybe coming up to my chin, but its arms spread out straight as a ruler in all directions. Bottles of every shape and size, but all glimmering, all a glimmering shade of blue, were stuck on the ends of the branches. When the wind gusted, the bottles moaned. Sweat beaded on my forehead as that pressure from earlier in the day smothered me like a wet blanket. My arms and legs felt like the heavy bags from Dad's gym, and moving them took more effort than I ever imagined possible.
I was so distracted by the dread curling around me, I didn't notice that the bottle tree was now leaning in my direction. A flash of blue alerted me. Deep inside the largest bottle on the tree, up near the tippy top, something moved. It shifted like dirty oil moving through water, and the only thing I wanted to do at that moment was run, screaming back to the house. You don't know when you're beat, do you? Gum Baby's squeaky voice grabbed my attention. She leaned against the bottle tree, one hand clutching the backpack and the other inside the trunk. Hey, I shouted. Who you shouting at, boy? If Gum Baby had more time, she'd wear out that hide of yours up one end and down the other. But you ain't worthy worth the crusty sap on the bottom of Gum Baby's foot, so you get off with a warning. Give me back my stuff. I said, forcing myself to move closer to her and the tree. The branch holding the creepy large bottle at the top of the tree seemed to lean over more and more. She laughed. Just go home, fool. Enjoy life's little pleasures like breathing and eating solid food. She turned and stepped farther into the trunk. One strap of the backpack was now gone, heading to wherever that freaky little tree led. Cold anger made me clench my teeth, ignore the sense of evil growing in the forest, and focus on getting back Eddie's journal. Look, you... you... doll baby! Give me back that bag, or I'll... Gum baby froze. She turned slowly toward me and tilted her head. What'd you say? Give me back... No, hush, before that. What'd you call me? I licked my lips. Uh, nothing? I just wanted my friends... Oh no, it wasn't nothing. It can't be nothing now. You said it. You let the words come out of your mouth and you need to stand by them. For as long as you have legs to stand on anyway. So come on, big boy. What'd you say? Huh? What'd you say? The wind died down and the bottle trees stood up straight again, as if the forest wanted to hear my answer. I looked around, suddenly wishing for a witness or a shield. Um... I just, I mean, I may have said or called you a doll. Gum Baby leaped toward me with a murderous scream. Call Gum Baby a doll, will you? Sap attack. Two sap attacks. Gum Baby hopes your hands stick to your face forever and you have to eat with your elbows. Triple sap attack. You, you giant turtle-faced thistlehead. Ow, stop it. I fell backward as she scrambled up my legs and onto my chest. She unleashed a miniature onslaught and it took everything I had to shield myself as her tiny fists and feet pummeled me. Finally, I batted Gum Baby away with my hand, but she got up and ran at me again. I grabbed one strap of the pack, ignoring the sticky residue squelching under my hands, and pulled it out of the tree, stumbling backward. Gum Baby hung onto the other strap and the weirdest game of tug-of-war ensued in the middle of the clearing. Let go. You let go. Gum Baby's on a mission. A mission? What mission? None of your business, fool. I swung the backpack around trying to dislodge the thief, but Gum Baby held on with grim determination. I slammed it into the ground, whirled it over my head, but no matter what I did, I couldn't dislodge her. I let a growl of frustration escape and ran toward the bottle tree. Gum Baby flapped behind me. Oh, you're running away now. You better. Gum Baby was just about to... Hey, what are you doing? I swung the backpack in a circle and slammed it, Gum Baby against the trunk. 
She yelped, then wrapped herself even more tightly around the, around the strap. Wait! Stop it, fool! You'll damage the tree! I don't care, I growled. Give me back my backpack. I whipped it into the tree again. The bottles shook and clinked together, echoing like haunted wind chimes. I began to whip around again for an even heavier slam. No, you idiot! You're fixing to get us both! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! I shouted. I grabbed a handful of the backpack, balled my fist around the strap, and punched the bottle tree with all my might. Crack. The punch smashed into the large blue bottle near the top, shattering the glass. The backpack ripped, Eddie's journal tumbled out, and bright green light flared in a blinding flash. Heat. Wind. Everything blasted me at once, but beneath it all I heard a sinister laugh. The pressure on my shoulders suddenly disappeared. Out of the corner of my eye I saw a shadowy shape ooze from what was left of the broken bottle on the ground and creep along the grass. The wind howled in agony, the forest roared in pain, and a chasm ripped open at the foot of the tree. A giant sucking sound filled the air like air rushing toward a hole. The fissure split and grew, like those scenes in disaster movies when an earthquake cracks the streets apart and chases the hero. I tried to get away, but the tear in the earth widened to reveal a swirling coal-red tunnel of fire. It burned like a thousand suns, and at its edge, something glowed a soft green. I sucked in a breath. Eddie's journal teetered there precariously. No! I shouted, just as Gum Baby yelled. The stories! Gum Baby leaped from the backpack to the book. Without thinking, I dove for it too, desperate to rescue Eddie's journal from the flames and from Gum Baby. My fingertips grazed the cover just as Gum Baby plopped a sticky hand on it. I started to yell at her, but then I realized, too late, that we were falling. We'd tumbled into the glowing slash in the ground. We plummeted without slowing one bit, spinning and twisting at dizzying speeds. It was like a sink of burning anger, and we were swirling down the drain. I tried to scream, but the forest's pained roar drowned me out. Gum Baby clutched my wrist tight as we fell for what seemed like forever, dropping like stones through the whirlpool of fire.